This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from July 25th to the 31st. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's Features Editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Reviews Editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hiya, Ezzie. Another exciting week. A lot happening this week, you know. Oh, I'm really excited to hear about and I'm so sure so are our listeners. So what are your recommendations for the coming week? Well, sadly, it's a morning job again. (laughs) The way how it all works, it sometimes works like this. We'll have weeks where it's all morning and all evening or, you know. So uh, we begin in the very early hours of Monday the 25th. So, uh, you know, so you're just after Mm. midnight, in fact. Now... We've talked a lot um, over the last sort of month or so about the planetary parade. It's been on the going since June. So, you know, we've, we've had quite a parade of planets and we have, and they're spread across the whole sky. So we've got Saturn over in Capricornus and then Jupiter, uh, which is uh, over, it's sort of borderline between Cetus and uh, Pisces as well. And then we've also got Uranus, Neptune, Mars, uh, as well. So there's a huge range of planets. And so if you look just after midnight, you've got Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, Mars, Uranus, and then the crescent moon as well rising in the mm. northeast. That's just after midnight. So you've got to wait until about sort of 2 a.m. for them to really get up so uh, so that they're well placed to actually observe. And there's even an interloper comet 
107p Wilson Harrington as mm. well. So, you know, Which I we've think got we a, talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, and we've still got it. It's still reasonably bright. So it's well worth having a look at it. Now, this parade, I mean, yes, it's going to be there for a while, but one of them is going to start to become a bit awkward. Yeah, there's always one awkward one, isn't there? <laughs> you know, sort of thing. I mean, it's usually me, but... You can't, uh, you have, know, it, but... You can't have it all good, <laughs> no, unfortunately. Exactly. But, You've got to have um, one that's challenging. Well, of course, you know. I mean, the good news about this one is that, you know, because of its brightness, it, it lingers for a while. And this is Venus, because Venus is steadily dropping back into the morning twilight. But it's one of those weird things, as we'll see when we get into August, that in actual fact it still lingers because, of course, the nights start to draw in as well. So it's a balancing act between the two. So Venus, well, let's start off sort of thing on the uh, on the sort of 25th and 26th. What we've got mm. is the moon is between the horns. So when you see that crescent moon rise, as I say, in the early hours of the 25th, it's actually lying between the two horns of Taurus the bull. Taurus is back, the winter sky's on the way back. Oh, I shouldn't be so excited, really, about the winter sky, seeing as we're talking about summer still. Oh, (laughs) wishing, (laughs) wishing my life away, sort of thing. But we astronomers, we love the dark nights, don't we? So that's on the 25th. But on the 26th, the moon is to the upper right of Venus. Now, Venus is so bright, it's easily visible even in bright twilight. And technically, if you know at the right time of year, you can actually see it in daylight sort of thing, but it has to be at its furthest really from the sun. So we've got the moon then above Venus on the 26th. And then it's actually almost level with Venus on the left-hand side of Venus, on the 27th. So you've not just got this parade of planets, you've got a comet, you've actually you've got Vesta as well. We didn't mention Vesta, so that's up not too far away from Saturn as well. And then I say we've got the crescent moon and it's of course creeping closer towards new. It'll be new on the 28th, so it's new this week, uh, which is great if you want to observe the summer sky. Get out and see the summer sky while the moon's out of the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you like the moon, you're going to have to wait until next week for it to really get back into the sky. So, uh, you know, it's a really good view in the morning. But when you're looking at the moon and Venus, you do need an uncluttered horizon. They are low. Roughly in the northeast, you want to be looking about 4 a.m., but you do need an uncluttered horizon. So if you've got buildings, trees, or anything like that sort of thing, you know, you do really need to find a place. Probably go up on a hill if you can, or if you're in a if you're in a city, you can get to the top of a building. Uh, you know, then I've I've done that in the past sort of thing. I had a holiday many years ago, and at the hotel in Switzerland, we're a bit puzzled when the uh, the person with me had to translate that I want. I asked if I could go on the roof, and, <laughs> and they were sort of looking at me as much as they. He's an Englishman. He's mad. <laughs> then I explain, I'm an astronomer, you know, and they let me on the roof and the, the view is gorgeous, I have to say. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's well worth it. And sometimes you get a grandstand view of the horizon with the cityscape around you. I've done that from Leeds when brother-in-law's got a great flat and that was, we went on his roof and it was absolutely stunning. So you get this grand vista all around. So, of course, yes. if you are going out on somebody's roof, always make sure that you have permission to be there and that it is safe to be and out it's on the roof. Safe. What all roofs are. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes, we've got to make sure the safety first sort of thing, you know. I mean, I, I was very, I had to be very careful in that uh, hotel, I have to say. But, um, yeah, the other thing to do is that we know the planets move, and often it's very subtle, but 
This week, keep an eye on Mars as well, because it's actually gradually creeping closer to the planet Uranus. It won't pass it until next week, so we'll discuss that next week. But it is creeping closer, so you get an idea, again, of the clockwork motion of the solar system when you see planets. You, you will need binoculars. I know Uranus is naked eye just. Well, that's if you've got keen eyesight and a very dark sight. <laughs> but if you've got binoculars, it is quite easy to spot it. So uh, do have a look out for that as Mars creeps closer to Uranus sort of thing. So uh, there we are. In the evening sky, we get we do have an evening sky section. Good grief. Um, in the evening sky, you want to be looking out low in the west because I mentioned the moon is new on the 28th. And it usually takes a day or so before it really becomes obvious but on the 30th and 31st it'll be very low down in the west i love looking for that ethereal little thin crescent getting that first glimpse of that thin crescent low in the evening sky and it's 30th and 31st it's always gorgeous when it's in that evening twilight and of course more people are likely to see it being the evening it's more convenient isn't it mm. to actually observe but i love seeing that really thin crescent and again look out for the earth shine that that faintly glowing other half of the moon sort of the other part of the moon uh, just subtly glowing there but i find it needs to be a bit darker for that sort of thing so the moon needs to be a bit higher in the sky for that our final target for this particular week is another comet and it's another comet. one it's another one yeah and this is this is one we've been keeping an eye on for a while now um it's comet c2017 k2 pan stars and I love it when it passes reasonably close to a bright naked eye star. And in this case, it does so uh, actually looking on the 28th of July. So we actually see it near Zeta Ophiuchi. And uh, it's actually, I, I don't know how to pronounce Saik, S-A-I-K. I mean, mm. it, it's, I'm almost tempted to say Saki, but uh, mm. <laughs> but it's not Japanese, I don't think. No. <laughs> but it's magnitude 2.5, so it's a bright naked, it's easily visible sort of thing. Ophiuchus is that sort of right, diffuse, quite large constellation that, uh, you know, can actually get a bit overlooked because it's so big, its stars are mm -hmm. scattered so much. But this is towards the bottom end, aiming roughly towards Scorpius as well. Now... The star is magnitude 2.5, but the comet is around about 7th magnitude, but it should be visible in binoculars as a fuzzy blob. We all love fuzzy blobs, don't we? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the trouble with most deep sky objects in binoculars. They look like fuzzy blobs, and hopefully mm -hmm. comet pan stars will look like a fuzzy blob as well. You won't be able to confuse the star and the comet whatsoever. So really look to the upper right of the star on the 28th when the uh, comet is actually closest to Zeta off Yukai, and it will slowly move move away and he's heading down and he's heading down towards Scorpius uh, but we'll deal with that uh, next week so uh, there we are so, so, so we've got planets we've got comets we've got minor planets with Vesta we've got the crescent moon in the morning sky and then back into the evening as well we've got a whole range of things to look out for uh, this week Mm, it definitely does sound fascinating and hopefully our listeners will be able to get out there and see at least some of them but uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about them Paul it's a pleasure if you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify.